This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, you know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's music row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. This will be a split episode. We will talk to Sharna Burgess, and we'll talk about a lot of things. We'll talk about Dancing with the Stars this season. We'll talk about her finding out she wasn't going to be on the show this season. Um, Yeah, we'll just kind of... Uh, jump into that with her, which I wanted a way to beat. I could have called her immediately and been like, talk about it. But I just felt like as a friend, I would rather n- not chase the clicks. And also, I was a little shocked by it. But I have a theory, too, that one of the reasons why she didn't get asked back. So we'll, we'll get to her in just a bit. And uh, also, we'll talk to um, our friend who's a program director in California. And so... Um, people often wonder what in the world does a, a radio programmer do and how come they're getting to pick music and women in country music and what's that? So him in studio, uh, we'll talk to our buddy Brent who is from Bakersfield, California, runs a couple stations out there. And so if you've ever wondered what a radio program director does, that's, that's what this will be. So um, I think I was trying to think about what this podcast is about, like if we were just like, going to tag it with a line. Yeah. I think it would be talking to creatives and about music. That's basically what we do. We talk yeah. to creative people and then we also talk about music. Because I was, I was talking to Amy who has a great podcast called Four Things with Amy Brown and I said, hey, nobody knows what your four things are. So what are they? Put them on the front of your, your image. And she did. It looks great. It does. Because if somebody just scrolls through, they don't know like what in the heck is four things. And her picture's on there now, which we need to put my face on the, on the logo too because otherwise it's just a couple words. It doesn't really... Nobody goes... Oh, I, not, not that it's even about me, but it just gives you something to remember and hold on to. Because I scroll through podcasts on iHeartRadio and say, oh, let me see what this is about. And if it's just a word, I don't click it. If it's like a cartoon graphic that's cool or like somebody, I'll be like, oh, I think that's cool. Or like sometimes people just dress like what their show is about. So uh, I was talking to Amy. Check that out, Four Things with Amy Brown. I'm going to uh, go ahead and get off of here because I'm about to go see Lauren Elena and shoot some Dancing with the Stars stuff. But... Sharna Burgess, and then our friend Brent, who works in Bakersfield, programs two radio stations, 
and we'll kind of catch us up on what a program director does. Hey. How you doing? Good. Well, are you in the bathroom or what? No. I Hang on. I can take your speaker. Is that better? Yeah, it's a little better. Okay. What's happening? What are you doing? Not much. I am just currently buried in acting homework. Wait, what are you doing there? Um, I've got a scene. It's a 10-minute play. It's called Traces of Memory. Um... And I'm one of the characters in it, and she is very dark. <laughs> it's about these two women that meet on a highway. They're both runaways, basically. And you, she reveals throughout it that she blew up her house and tied up her three kids to watch the microwave while the gasoline in it blew up. <laughs> so and, the, so and the border collie dog. It's a family movie. Like, wow. It's a family play. Bring everyone. Bring all the kids. Yeah, I think it's really made for kids. That's my opinion. You know? Well, listen, I, we, you and I have, have talked a bit since the, I mean, a couple times, actually, since uh, you didn't get brought back to Dancing with the Stars, and I definitely didn't want to hit you up right after it, because for me, I was like, what? And I know for you, you were like, what? And I, I wanted to give you a little, uh, a little breath on it, but then I saw you on Instagram, actually, at the show the other night. I was. And I was I like, and I think that's where, it, it's, it's such a healthy, and now it's such a healthy thing, I think, for, for you to be able to talk about because you're just going now to see your friends, so there is no bad blood, I guess, between you and the show. No, there isn't. There's definitely no bad blood on my side. I, You know, someone made a decision that they didn't want me to be a part of this season, and, and that's okay, you know? I've had an incredible eight and a half, nearly nine years with the show, and they're, they're trying new things, and they're really trying to revamp it and get it back so it can last another 10 years, and I'm on board with that goal. So for me, there is what, much as I was very sad to not be there because I love my job, um, I, you know, I don't take it personally. And of course, I'll go and watch because these guys that are there, the cast and, and even the crew, everybody is like family to me after the last eight years. So going back there is still like going home. Um, and I really love going there to watch. I've been there for week one and week three so yeah, far. That's cool because I, I sent you a note and I was like, hey, are you working? And you were like, no, I'm just watching. And I was like, oh, that's so cool that you're just there. Because I know it was, un it was uncomfortable for me that you didn't get brought back. So I know initially the shock for you had to be like, what the? Because like, I think we all expected you to come back because you didn't know you weren't coming back. Oh, yeah. I had, no, I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't even have a, a hint. Not, I don't mean from them, but in, in myself. There was never a doubt in my mind that I'd be coming back. I... Um, you know, obviously we won last season and being the reigning champ, you wouldn't think they're not going to bring you back. But also I've been, I've been with them for so long and definitely uh, feel like a part of that family, a part of a staple, I guess you would say, with the show. And we were all getting text messages about uh, GMA rehearsals and the things coming up and whatnot. So there was no feeling of oh, I'm, I might not have this gig. I, like, I might not be coming back this season. So when it happened and I got the phone call, it was um, <laughs> it was a shock. I was driving on the freeway and had to pull over because I couldn't, I just couldn't process what was happening on this phone call. That's how much of a shock it was. And the executive producer, Andrew, was the one that told me and he said that they just weren't able to partner me up uh, this season and that they love me and I'm a part of the Dancing with the Stars family and the cast will be interchangeable now, season to season. This will be happening quite a lot. And 
he hopes that, um, you know, next season could be different and whatnot. So it was an interesting phone call. Um, Andrew is a new EP. This is his first uh, season as as taking over it as a sole EP, and he's got his dreams and ideas for it. So, you know, the only way it's going to work is if everyone jumps on board and and, uh, believes in his dream too, you know. Well, my theory now is they knew that I would have been like, Everybody load up on Charna. It doesn't matter who she has. <laughs> I, do, I do feel like that was a part of it. And I think there was almost, uh, because again, way after the fact, because you and I, as we were dancing, knew nothing about how the votes were. We just knew no, we, were, we weren't in the bottom two. Like, and every week we were both like, oh boy, here we go again. And in that moment yeah. when they're calling out the bottoms, we were freaking out every time because they don't tell you. They didn't tell me anything, and I worked for ABC, and right. they told me nothing. And so mm-hmm. when it was all over, um, randomly one of the executives said, "Hey, your vote differential was the highest on the show that it's ever been in the history of the show. Did the, yeah. d- the differential between first and second place? We had no idea, and I think it's better yeah. we didn't have an idea because we just we worked extremely hard just trying to survive by. And I think that because of that, that Maybe they were going, well, if we have to break somebody, I think it should be Sharna this season because Bobby's a knucklehead and he'll just tell everybody to load up on Sharna. And I do think <laughs> there's... Sharp. Yeah, absolutely, because I would have. I, you know, I would have been right there with you. So yeah. now that we've had a breath, um, do you think if they asked you back next season or three seasons from now, you would go back? Um, next season, uh, possible. It all depends on where I'm at with other things and what's going on. You know, I have this exciting 12 months of being able to try and, uh, make some other stuff happen, really dive into my acting, dive back into those two hopeful shows that are hopefully going to make it to Broadway soon. Uh, I'll be back in Australia judging as well. I, I'm excited about the opportunities coming up and the things in front of me, but if I, am available and they want me, then absolutely. I would love to have another season because for me what was super sad was that I didn't I didn't know I may not ever have another season. <laughs> and after so long, after nearly a decade, you kind of want to just, if you know it's the last, you want to savor every moment and thank every single person that has been a part of that family and that vision with you for the last, you know, however many years. And... Um, that's the one thing that I wish that I did get to do, which is also why it's amazing to go and visit the show. But, yes, I mean, I would never say no to it if I was available to do it, and we, we both mutually wanted me to be on the show. So um, never say never. I love that show. What do you think? And I do, too. I love it, too. And until I went on, I had no idea anything about it, honestly. <laughs> I love it. I love the people. Me. When I went, yeah, well, I just love the people. When I went back for the uh, premiere episode, it, my favorite people are always the crew, the hair, the makeup, like the, the, the normal folks. Cause that's like, I, like, I feel like I'm one of them and to go back and they were all like, Oh my goodness. It was so fun for me because it's not the stars that I'm most like, it's like the people in there grinding and out day to day. And yeah. I, and even the, all the camera guys, a lot of them came back and they were like, dude, it's so good to see you. You know, some of the dancing experts weren't happy to see me because I'm not like them. But all of you know the people that are in putting the, putting the time in, it was so great. Like I love that show, and you know I tell you I love the changes that they've made this season. What do you think about that? I think they've made. I think the set's beautiful. I think that uh, some of the 
the um, visuals that they've had so far have been really stunning, and I think they've done a great job with it. I love that the judges are being harder. You know, there's more people seeing threes and fours and fives because, for me, that's at least giving it somewhere to go. You can't just be throwing out eights from week one all the time because then what's really the difference between an eight, nine, and a ten once everyone starts improving? And so I think it's actually great. I think Len's getting much more technical and they're really hard on dance content, which um, some people are loving and some people are not. I think the the rule of having to have more true to the dance content within the choreography has some people feeling like it's a little bit lackluster, like it has less of the pizzazz. But also at the same time, more of that will come throughout the season. So I think... It's going to be hard for people to make their full assessment of how they feel about all the changes until you get to the end and you see how they're letting it build and grow. Uh, but I think they're doing a great job. You know, like I said, I want this show to last another 10 years. I want dance to be on television. And uh, so I, I hope that fans are responding to it um, positively, you know. I wouldn't have minded. Listen, all the scores are low, but even the highest scores aren't that high. So it's all the same right, right now. The only difference is you can actually build up later and get better, right? Because nobody's yeah. getting nines. You get uh, rarely are they getting eights. The, the, they remember how excited we were when we got an eight. Oh, you, you only, know we I only mean? got like once or twice until the very end yeah, show. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you want to feel that even as a competitor, you want to feel that growth. Like, oh my god, you got a fi- you got a five, and then you work in your way up, and when you finally see that eight, and then you finally see a nine, and then that ten nearly makes you pass out. Which I think we actually hit the ground when we got ten. We did. There's a picture off. of us sitting on the ground, going, <laughs> "Holy crap!" But at that point, I do think that between you designing just a really fantastic final dance, and them just going, "We throw our hands up," like we've tried everything we can to make people not vote for Bobby, and they're still going to vote for Bobby and Charna. Like I feel <laughs> like it was a mixture of both of those when we got our tens. They're just like, "All right, we tap out, we give up." Great creation of a dance, and I don't know what else we can do. And well done, you guys. Yeah, yeah, so. probably it probably was. I think they did try everything to, um, you know, have us not win. But at the end of the day, you know, you can't help what the fans wanted. Um, and I'm not saying there was they had something out for us, but they tried to give everyone a fair shot in knowing that our voting was so high. Um, but there was nothing that they could do. And that's something that's also very different about this season that I'm not entirely sure everybody knows, but the dancers no longer get to dance to design their dances. Oh, I didn't, so you know how, I didn't know that. Every week, you know how much... I, well, I was in the creative process, the song, the set, the colors, the costumes, everything yeah, came you did all my that. brain yeah. and built with the team, right? Now the dancers just get their creative concepts given to them. They get told what they're wearing, what their set is, what their song is, what their everything. So they don't have that creative say in these um, pieces anymore. They may do when it gets to the freestyle, I don't know, because then it becomes their jam. But uh, week to week, it's no longer Lindsay's creativity. It's no longer Val's creativity. It's all done for them by the new creative director that's working on the show. And so I actually find that really interesting too. Um, And I have no real opinion on it because I'm not in it. But if I was, I would struggle to give up that creative or sorry, that creativity and that part of the dance to someone else. Because to me, dance is not just steps. You know, if you're giving me a full piece that's already done and then asking me to just put steps to it, it's like giving me your biography and asking me to write your last chapter, but I know nothing about you. You know, for me, that just seems disjointed. So, But, you know, it seems like everyone's still creating great content anyway, um, and maybe it just helps everything work smoother behind the scenes. 
You know, I, t- I don't know. I, I talk to Lauren Elena a lot, and um, she, I tell her because yeah, when you mentioned that, I think when we had breakfast, you were like, "Yeah, people aren't as in control as they were the past seasons." But I, I would tell mm-hmm. Lauren even then, I say, "Hey, you have like two spots for you to act like for Lauren for you to actually take charge, and that is in that live spot after the dance. Like yep. so much of what we did." Like a big part was was in that spot because they can't control oh, you. For sure. They can't control you. That's the one time. Yep. They can't edit your package and what they can there's they can edit the package and make it anything they want. They can make you, you can do the dance, you can do it. But in that one spot where they talk to you, you can do whatever you want and that's when you have to be you and win America. And right. that was the advice that that I would give her as the person that's not the dancer, as the person that went out there and was just trying to connect with humans and you know, I find it interesting this season that Lauren's never danced before. And I don't know why Hannah yeah. keeps acting like she's never danced. She danced for 14 years and ba- she had ballet for like 14 years. That's dance. Yeah, she's absolutely danced before. <laughs> at, a, at a high level. Yeah. And it's she, wild that, to me that people try and cover that up. Like, you can't not see it. You know what I mean? Right. You can, you can't. Even she's like, well, it's not the same. Yeah, but it's something. And I like Hannah just fine. Uh, um, I know her a little bit, but it's, you know, when they're on going, well, I've never danced like this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've danced. And so yeah, exactly. don't even go down that. You don't have to say you danced or say you didn't dance. You don't have to talk about that. You can talk about something else. But don't play the game of, well, I never danced. You did it in yeah. your, your beauty pageants. That was your skill. Yeah. That was <laughs> your, your talent. talent. <laughs> what are you talking about? You haven't danced. And yeah, so, I yeah, I but I, I love James Vanderbeek. And I love that him and Emma are together um, yeah, because I love it. Emma is just the best. The, the, Isn't she? She's just the kindest. And then um, yeah. I love um, Kate Flannery. Oh, she's so good. And she won't she win. She really will. But, but, but no, she, she's going to do better than people think. She won't win, but she'll do better than people think. Yeah, I agree. I got a lot of love for her, especially like on the floor. The way she's just. There's something very lovely and like special about the way that she moves, and she's just so entertaining at the same time. That week one dance that she came out and did, like I, I honestly just couldn't stop smiling while watching her. She's so such a phenomenal performer. The Kel guy seems fake to me. He seems like he's acting. He's an actor, and he always seems like he's acting. Like he's always yeah. I I haven't connected to him either. You know what I mean? I would I would be on the same page. That's with a you, good diplomatic answer. I'm like <laughs> I'm like he's fake, and she's like, well, you know, I haven't connected either yet at this point. That's a good answer. I like that. That's good. <laughs> um, I saw, and let me do a little plug here for you, where you uh-huh. got you're you're added on Cameo, so people can get a me- a video message from you. Yeah, they can. I actually just got on it a couple of days ago. I don't even know how I didn't know about this, um, but I'm actually really excited to be on that, so I can. Uh, any, if anybody wants a message or answer a question or a little birthday shout-out, I'm getting a lot of those, some anniversary ones, which is really sweet. Um, it's a very cool way to be connected to people and, and give a little something, you know? Yeah, I think that's cool. And so just go to Cameo and look up Sharna and get her to send you a video message, and she'll say basically whatever you want. I've used Cameo to get people to send me messages before. I'm not going to pay you. I just text you and be like, hey, send me a free one. But I've, <laughs> I've done that with people from the office before. I'm like, send me a, a, a Cameo. So go and look for Sharna there on Cameo. Uh, this season, Sharna, if you got to pick a winner, a winner this mm-hmm. season, who do you have? I would love to see James and Emma win, but I think it may come down between he and Hannah, and I, I honestly can't decide right now who it's going to be. Um, I think that 
Hannah has a big fan base. I think she's talented, and I think people are like you and I, hoping that her and Alan get together. I don't hope um, that. I don't hope that at all. Like, no, not you and I get, I'm saying on our season. Oh, the when they hoped we were, yes. Get together. yes. Yes. <laughs> That's what I meant. I was like, I don't, I don't what do you mean? I, no, I don't hope that. All right, go ahead. <laughs> no opinion on whether they do or they don't. Um, and, but I think that a lot of people would love to see that, especially her being the bachelorette and, and her on her season and how that ended. I think they'd love to have the fairy tale happen here. So who knows if that's what people are going to vote for and be sort of captivated by, but I do think that James is the best dancer in the competition. I think he's lovable, and I think he's got a fantastic partner. So for me, it's going to come down to the two of them, but if I had to pick one, I'd, I'd vote for James. You know, I, you know I'm going to leave Lauren out of this, although I think she'll make the finals. Um, yes. I think that she's, her, her likability is going to really come through. And as long as you're not in the bottom two, they can't kick you out, right? That's it. They have the new wrinkle they've added is you're in the bottom two, they get to pick who goes home. And yeah. as long as you're not in the bottom through the bottom two, you have a great fan vote and a pretty good score, you're rocking it. So yeah. she's uh, never danced before. If just Hannah's got to change, she's Hollywood Hannah now. She's got Demi Lovato out there. She's got yeah. she's all Hollywood with all of her. Like Hannah needs to go back to being Alabama Hannah. Or America's going to go, you know, she's changed. It's, she's not for me because that's a big part yeah, of it. Yeah, I see that. You don't want to see someone change because of Hollywood. I totally get that. And Vanderbeek is actually getting nicer as it goes. You fall more and more in love with them. And where you go, oh, he's a fancy schmancy LA actor. The more he talks, you go, oh, wait, this is a nice guy. Yeah, and so, and he is. He really is. All right, I'm picking. And if the finals are four people, I'm going Vanderbeek, Hannah, Lauren, Mm. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put Kate in there because I just her likability and that's it. Who's your fourth or third and fourth? Oh, definitely Lauren. I think she's so lovable, and I think the more and more people get to see her and know her, for sure. And she's honestly talented. Oh yeah, she's she she's an athlete. Really, yeah, really she moves well. she moves relatively she well. Makes yeah, fun of herself and how hard it is to learn. But when that girl's on the floor, she's captivating, and I think she's doing a great job. Um, who would I say is going to be the fourth spot? Um, the dancer, I, I don't think the dancer is that likable with with um, with Sasha. I think she's just a fine dancer. She's a, a pop star, but she's not even the best dancer on the show, and she's not the most likable. Although she is kind of likable, I I can't put her at fourth. Would you? I think she's likable, and I think she's great. But I think there are other personalities that are more memorable. If that makes sense, like I I think she's she's lovely, and I really enjoyed her rumble last week. But there are other people that, while they may not be as gifted as her to, at dancing, they're more memorable for some reason. And unless she can break through that and find a way to be, um, you, for people to connect to her more through the screen, then I, I think that we might see her go home before the final. Unfortunately, because she is sweet and talented. But yeah, I'm actually, I could actually agree with Kate. Again, I remember her every week and I love watching uh-huh. her and she's talented. And I think her partner's doing a great job. I think Pasha's doing a really good job this season. So I think we might have the same top four. Well, there she is, Sharna Burgess, sharnaburgess.com. But I want to put in and say, get a message from Sharna on Cameo. And uh, she'll probably have her dogs in some of the videos. She'll probably be in like (laughs) yoga clothes where she's exposing her midriff. (laughs) It's all the time. She's just rocking it. Well, listen, um, I'm going to be back out there a lot, obviously. once We're we're shooting all of our stuff all over the country right now. But when it's L.A. time, it's me and you time again. 
Absolutely. All right. I, I need some human time with you. Uh, good talk <laughs> to you, friend. See you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food. So the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. All right, so something we do here on this podcast is sometimes we'll get kind of behind the scenes of, well, music for sure with songwriters, but even with radio. And uh, Brent Michaels is here, who is the program director of a couple of stations in Bakersfield. Yes. So your stations are what? Uh, we've got The Bull, 97.3. That's uh, the, station the we're on. show you're on. And then uh, also KUZZ, which has been a 50-year-plus station in Bakersfield. And how long have you been a radio program director? Only about three and a half years. Oh, it's is that crazy. it? Yeah. I thought you've been doing it for a lot, which was a compliment, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, and how you run those stations over there. I thought you've been doing it for a long time. 
I've been in radio for about 20 years yeah. and uh, just kind of worked my way up at the station, started doing part-time on the weekends and worked my way all the way up, started doing promotions till there was a full-time on-air shift and became music director and now program director of two stations. It's wild. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that that elevation happened in the last few years. So I guess when you became program director, is that when we, when we went on to Bakersfield? Yeah, right after I became program director, KUZZ had been there for 50 years, yeah. but we decided to, because country is now so diverse, to start a station that really focused on the newer brand of country, right. be more aggressive introducing new artists, and you and your brand are so synonymous with that that we thought it was a great fit. So I think a lot of our listeners wonder, and even, you know what, even I do too, what in the world a program director does? Because for me... I was, I'm going to get on the radio and I'm going to be entertaining and I don't want to do the hard stuff, which is what you do. I don't want to have to make decisions on how, man, I don't want to do the management stuff, which is what you do. Like you're mostly behind the scenes. You're on the air too. I am, yes. Yeah. Um, but you're mostly behind the scenes. So as a program director of two radio stations, you wake up in the morning at what time? So I get up every morning, a little before five, because I like why, to get- Why in the world- <laughs> Would you wake up that early if you don't have to do a morning show? Well, I like to get to the gym so that way I can help my wife get kids and everything ready for school. And then I'm, I'm at the office a little after seven in the morning. And then what do you do right when you get to the office as a radio station program director of two stations? Like what's the first thing you check on? So the first thing I do is I kind of take a look at our music logs for the day. So for people that don't realize, radio stations have all their music planned out and the program director just kind of is ultimately in charge of everything that kind of comes out of the speakers. So we make the music decisions, and uh, from there we just kind of make sure the music gets played. The bigger songs, songs people tell us they want to hear more often, you know, songs that pe are just getting started, you know, kind of putting that out there in certain times and places. And so the first thing I do when I get there is kind of go through the music for the day and make sure we're all set. Now you bring up an interesting thing that you get there and you look at the songs. So... I guess, is there a day of the week where you kind of decide what that week's playlist-ish is going to look like? Yeah, for us, it's on Thursdays. And so our station also has what's called a music director. So he also takes a listen to all the different songs that are out there. And, you know, I just feel one person has so much bias. You know, I, I don't know that one person should be making the music decisions, in my opinion, for a station because everybody likes different things and everybody has different wants and sure so together we sit down every thursday and we take a look at all the different songs that we can choose from for that week and uh, we decide okay based based on the number of songs that we're playing that are current songs at any given time you know okay we've got one spot to put in a new song this week or two songs and so we'll go through that and we'll go through the research that people are are telling us we have a mechanism for people to go online and tell us what songs they like and what they're getting tired of we go through all that information. We look at what's streaming, uh, what's being consumed in the market, you know, so what people are watching on YouTube, that's what people are buying, and that's how we make those choices. So on a Thursday, we're kind of rewinding now. On a Thursday, you go in and decide what the playlist is going to look like. Now, if I'm right, because for a brief amount of time, I was a music director, and I hated it because it was not for me. I, just had, <laughs> I didn't want to get on a computer and schedule things. I didn't want to talk to record labels. I just wanted to be funny. So... On a Thursday, you meet and go, these are the songs that are going to be put in for next week. And then is there still kind of like a formula in a program where you go, our most important songs are these six, seven, how many powers would you have? For us, we have 
seven on KUZZ, and six on The Bull. So those six biggest songs are programmed to play every X amount of time. So boom, they're in those spots. Yep. So you're not going and scheduling every song every day. It's kind of a program based on the songs you pick each week. Yes, we have a computer program, and, and most radio stations do. They have a computer program. You sort of tell it, okay, these are the most popular songs. These are the songs that are after that. These are older songs that are still really popular. And you come up with what they call a clock, which is sort of all the different songs and where they go. So two or three songs that maybe people aren't as familiar with yet, don't play all in a row. You spread them out. It's a good you point. spread them out. So you'll do the big, big, medium, one people don't know, then a big one again. Right. So they don't hear two songs in a row that are like, what the, what was that? Right. Okay, so you go in in the morning. Now we're going to go back to your day of. Yes. You've already got your songs picked for the week. So now you're, you're, just, you're looking at the log to make sure the computer didn't botch it, right? And didn't program something accidentally into, in a wrong spot. Right. How long does that take? Uh, about 15 to 20 minutes. I'll just kind of really scan through. Some of that's done the day before, but just make sure you know we're not having any technical problems or anything like that. Want to check in and then uh, from there it's on to the email box. <laughs> so when you're in though, are you monitoring your shows? Because you have... You know, you have a legendary show at KUZZ. Mm-hmm. Um, I love those guys, by the way. They're, all, they're always so nice to me when I see them. Um, at least one of them is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, uh, then there's us, obviously. Yep. Are you, like, monitoring those back and forth to make sure there are no issues? I do. Uh, as I drive into work, I flip back and forth between both radio shows. And, and even I usually listen to some other shows that are in the market and the city just, just to hear what, what they're doing, too. So you're in... You've made sure the log's cool. You've listened to the shows. You made sure there are no fires. Then what's in the, what's in a program director's email box? So you have lots of different things. Um, you know, there are three main parts to a radio station. I always tell people there's programming, and that's kind of everything you sort of hear coming out musically and the DJs and that kind of thing. And even the big voice guy that's like, K-U-Z-Z. Right. That kinda, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, there's promotions, and promotions kind of everything you see. So that's, you know, the website social media contests or social media part of promotions now. Yeah. I've been so out of that game that I didn't realize that was part of promotions. Oh, cool. You know, for us it is. And, and with that said, all the different personalities that are on both stations, uh, they all have social kind of commitments and requirements that we have them do just, you know, just so people can kind of see what goes on behind the scenes or what goes on in their yeah. life and, and all that stuff. But um, so there's promotions and then there's sales. So sales is kind of how radio stations make their money. It's it, the commercials. It's the most vital and most annoying part of my job. And in that order, by the way, most vital part of the job. I have really learned to embrace sales and at the same time to go, okay, these are our boundaries and this is where I can do the best for you. And it's a balance. For me, it's a big balance. Mm-hmm. Like what can I do? How much can I do without really jeopardizing the show? Because smartly... A lot of clients are like, I want everything. All the time, give me much as you can give me. And I got to go, oh, well, I can't give you everything, but why don't we do this kind of promotion? Um, so it's a balancing act. For me, I, can't, I, I don't know what it would be like for a program director because you have to manage all the sales through all the day, right? It's a lot of the same thing. You know, we, we want to do things that our customers, our, our clients, the people advertising with the radio station feel they can partner with us on. But at the same time, you don't want to do things that will alienate the audience or that will make the audience tune out. So it is a balance of trying to find things that uh, you know sound good for the person advertising, but also don't drive people away from listening that just don't want to hear boring commercials. You know, I, we had an issue today. Did you hear about the one today, Mike, about the commercial that's running on the podcast? Oh, yeah, I heard about that. 
And can you hear Mike? Yeah. Ears? Okay. So, you know, I'm very much to, it just can't be off brand with our show. Like if it's not something that we would, we don't have to use it. I have to either use it or for me to talk about it personally, I have to use it or someone close to me has to use it or I won't put my voice on it. But that doesn't mean the show can't run things. Sure. But there was that e-cigarette thing on our podcast. Yeah. And we can do target analytics now, apparently, where on the digital part, if they know you're, I'll just say, a 70-year-old dude from the Midwest, they can target you with specific ads, much like Instagram does. It's crazy. And so one of the ads that was running was an e-cigarette ad, and I had to reach out and go, this isn't our brand. Like, nobody on this show smokes. I don't feel like that's, for me, that's a good look for the show. And that was a tough decision because whomever that company is is paying money for that. And I never want to say no to money. Right. Because our job, we're brought in so that the bottom line looks good for the people that are paying us. And in my career, I've only had to like reach out about two or three times and ever go, I don't. I know it was like a porn shop at one point. It was like, hmm. I don't know how I feel about XXX ding dong, yeah. <laughs> you know, being on the show. Um, and I don't know what they're going to do. And listen, you want to have a, I don't even know what it was. I don't even know what it was. I was just getting a lot of complaints about it. Did you hear the commercial? I never heard it. I just saw people talking about it. Who, like people on text line calling? Or I, saw, I saw an email about it. In our oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, good. Were they like, Bobby's right? Or were they like, stupid Bobby's complaining again? No. <laughs> they weren't like that? No. What were they? <laughs> well, I mean, I saw initially, like, when they were saying what, what was running mm. is what I saw. I didn't see anybody what, based on what you said. Mike's in a, um, can you see Mike D in the, yeah. he looks like a bumblebee today. He's in a yellow <laughs> okay. shirt with black stripes. <laughs> and he walked up and I was like, and he's like, what's, what, are you, what are you doing? I'm like, you're like a bumblebee, dude. You, he's rocking it though. He looks good. And he's like, he can't wear stripes at all because he wore a, a black and white striped shirt. And he was like, people were like, uh, like, the Hamburglar? Yeah, the like hamburg- the I can't wear anything with stripes because people like <laughs> compare me to something else, a cartoon character or something. I'm a bumblebee. You look like a bumblebee. A good-looking bumblebee. Well, thank you. Um, so, okay, you get your emails, you're dealing with sales, you're dealing with programming. What is that a day? You wake up, how many work, when you go in, what are you looking at? Probably over the course of a whole day, I probably get 100 to 150 emails. Really? Yeah. Do you ever check out and go, these are my hours or I'm not going to check my email? I really should, but I don't. It's hard I, to, I right? I check it all the time. Because yeah. the, the thing is, even with me, I, try, I go, you know what? I want to check out for a bit. But the problem is, if you check out for a bit, and we should. By the way, we should. We should. We should. Set, but then we come back to it, and there's like 700. Right. we can never catch up. Well, and I think part of it is, and, and you're obviously in a big part of the industry. Our, our industry is a 24-7 industry. A, a radio station doesn't shut off. It's always going on. It's always happening. And so you always kind of have to stay on top of things. Do you ever get with your your uh, personalities and sit down and go, okay, let's listen to your show and play it back and go, this is what you can do better, this is what's good. Do you do those still? Yeah, we do. They're called air checks. And so what that is is you sit down, as you said, with a personality and you listen to certain segments of the show and talk about different ways you can improve or what was great or you know maybe what missed the mark a little bit and what we can do better next time. But you know, I remember as I was kind of getting started in radio, there were program directors with me would, would give good advice about, you know, what's, what's going on. In fact, uh, my first program director now works on our staff, and so it's crazy that he's the person that gave me my first shot, and, and now he's on our air staff. Are you his boss? I am. Oh, <laughs> how the turntables have turned. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I thought that was going to be awkward at first, but um, he's, uh, he's great. Yeah? Yeah. What's his name? Uh, his name's Ken, Ken McLeod. We've, we've been friends for a long time. Shout so. out, Ken. Yeah, shout out, Ken. So you, you, you play it. 
uh, recording back, which used to be on cassette tapes. Now it's just all digital. Yep. And you can be like, all right, this is great. This is great. Maybe I do this a little better. Does anyone do that to you since you're on the air? You know, no, but I, I wish I had that as a resource. I do. I, I, I've never had a problem with trying to get better. I, I believe that in everything. I'd air check the crap out of you. Oh, well, <laughs> you didn't pronounce this vowel. I'm the worst speaker in the, like me on radio as a broadcaster, not very good. Me on the radio as a human, good, right? But I, I would be the worst person to go, you know, as a, you could do better by saying, I say nothing right. <laughs> no words are right. No, I don't. So we you, do that? Pull a, pull a, pull a, t- pull a thing and go through it? Uh, who's mine or <laughs> his? Not mine. But you have great ideas. Uh, so it, it depends what you describe as great. <laughs> I have ideas that get me in trouble sometimes. Uh, okay, so you work with the personalities. What's kind of the second half of the day about as a radio station program director? You know, it's interesting because uh, I've had this conversation with a couple of people lately. You know, the music and the radio and, and the on-air chef, I think, is about a third of what a program director does. And then the other two-thirds is, is the other managerial stuff that we've sort of talked about. Um, so working with the sales department to help people's you know, commercials and promotions get on and, and greenlighting some things, sending some other things back to work on a little more, uh, working with our promotions department to make sure we have the right contests and we're marketing the station in the right way, uh, just dealing with you know, even internal office politics. You know, and when, when people work together a lot in close confines, sometimes you know, disagreements come up and listening and hearing what people have to say and, and trying to get people on the same page and really just uh, just trying to do everything to market the radio station and, and just make the radio station the best it can be. Hey, Mike, how much more time do I have with Brent before uh, we end this part of the interview? Uh, you got like another five? Cool, I got because I got some questions for yeah. him. I'm trying to decide when I wanna, what I want to get into it with him with. And not in a bad way, but okay, <laughs> no, let's anything. do this. Let's do the power rankings right now of contemporary country artists. Okay. Um, I was reading a website, and they, they did like college football. Uh, it's Country Now, which is a new um, country music blog, and they've ranked like the top 25 country artists, which I thought was pretty bold of them to do, yeah. to rank them. And so much like college football, where Clemson's one, Alabama's two, whenever I'm, we're doing this podcast, who knows what it'll be by the time people hear this. Um, where Who would you rank as number one right now. And let's do this at the same time. We'll both say it, but let's just say who we're going to say at the same time so we're not affecting each other's judgment, okay? Okay. So I'll go one, two, three, and then we'll say it, okay? Okay. Number one. One, two, three, Luke, Luke Combs. Okay. Ooh. Solid. <laughs> the two Luke, because you go Luke Bryan. Yep. Go ahead. And and I would say Luke Combs number two. I and I would say right Luke Bryan number one. I mean, number two. Yeah, they're uh, both right there. Luke Combs a new number one. He just, he doesn't miss. He hasn't missed yet, and he... Like a rocket. And I haven't seen some, in my time here, I haven't seen someone blow up this fast, period. He's the biggest. I agree. He's You're right. Luke Bryan is up. the universally biggest. Thank you. My bad. We had a lot of stuff happen right there. <laughs> um, okay, good. So we're going to go one and two, and I'd go two and one. Good. Okay, think okay. about it. Now, what would you have? What do I have for number? I'll just let you do number three. Number three, who would you have? Right now, I'll say Jason Aldean. Solid. Four? Four, I will say Blake Shelton. Mm. And Blake's in California a lot. Yeah. We don't see Blake often here. Uh, number five. And five right now, I'll say Carrie Underwood. People Ooh. love Carrie Underwood. Carrie over, and right now, Carrie over Marin. I think so, right now. So I li- and, and no disrespect to no, Marin. Marin's great. I like that we're ranking them, though, because there's no disrespect to anyone. People got to yeah. fall in those slots. Yep. All right, look at you. I like I like that. You're making decisions. Um 
Mike, anything you want to ask him? Because I tell you, Brent, Brent came out to watch me on Dancing with the Stars. Sat yeah. in the crowd. Were you out there? Yeah, we hung out. I sat next to Mike. Oh, you guys did? Yeah, yeah that was that's fun. That's that's a nutty, huh? Thank you for having us, by the way. Because you're in California, which is my point. You are two hours behind. What is it like running our show when it's not exactly live? They're hearing it when we do it at seven. You're hearing it on your station at seven, but it's two hours back. Yes. Is that ever an issue? You know, to some degree, I think it works in our favor. We we try, or I do, because I get up so early. As I get up, and once I get to the gym before we start the workout, I'll scroll through social media. So I already see what you guys are doing on the show. So we can kind of pre-promote, you know, hey, they're doing the draft on this today. Oh, that's or cool. those kind of things. Or, or so-and-so is making an appearance on the show today. So it works to our advantage. Um, the one part, I think, maybe is a disadvantage. And, you know, maybe sometimes it happens later in the morning and I don't hear it. It's harder for maybe a California listener to call in and get on the show. Absolutely. But I that think with the, the text thing and, yeah. and other social media avenues, there's ways they can interact with the show, but that's probably, if anything, the only drawback. That's a good one. It's a good point to make. And that's why we don't do national contests where you can call in because your people don't have a chance. Gotcha. And, and mountain people don't have a chance, like a fair chance, because they're hearing it an hour or two hours later. Right. So, and then another, but I think a benefit too of you guys being behind is when I come in and do liners every morning and cut, like before the show even starts, you've got all my stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like you got it before anybody does, like, you know, according to time. Any, um, let me, let, we'll end on this. There is, as you know, and as you are uh, one of the guys that's really working to combat the issue with females on the radio and country music, where do you see it now and where it's going? Such an open-ended question. Yep. I don't want to paint you in a corner. Go ahead. No, I, I think two things. One, I think the comment that to me gets made a lot about this issue is women don't want to hear women. And I, I think that's false. I think women do want to hear women. I think in certain occasions, we have factual data that shows they want to hear certain songs by male artists more at a certain time. But I think it's also the responsibility of people that put music on radio stations for, for people to hear and discover. I think it's important for radio to still be a place where you can find an artist for the first time. And there's more ways to listen to music now than ever between streaming services and watching videos on YouTube and the radio that, you know, if we want to keep up with, with everything else that's out there, we have to be able to break artists and we have to be able to expose artists. And so I do feel that as a radio programmer, you have a responsibility to get artists that you believe in out to your audience. And, and sometimes it's going to work and, and maybe sometimes you'll love a song and, and your audience doesn't get to it or love it as much as you do. But I think it's important that we do it. And so I can't speak for every radio program director, but, but we make an effort to try to get female artists on the radio. And just even lately, uh, I mean, I think Ingrid Andrus is great. Uh, I think Ashley McBride is great. Um, you know, on The Bull, we've, we've kind of highlighted all of the women that you've put onto your class of 2019. It's just, you know, we do have a responsibility to get female artists' exposure and still, you know, make sure people are hearing the songs from the artists, you know, that are male that are doing really well, too. I, I think there's a way to do it all. He has a great voice, huh, Mike? He does have a really like, good I, voice. He's here talking, and I know he's talking about stuff that is cool and relevant, and I like it, and I'm agreeing with it. But I just started drifting away going into, God, I wish I had a voice like that. 
I've never heard the mic like pick up so yeah, well. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, you have to say this. Like, that's what a broadcaster should sound yeah. like. Not me, like a prepubescent 14-year-old who's got like three pubic hairs. <laughs> See, sometimes I feel I sound too announcery. See, I think there's 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 got to be a middle ground. Mm. Well, it ain't us. It ain't us. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, Brent Michaels, uh, your name on Twitter and Instagram is what? Let's see. On uh, Twitter, it's at Brent Michaels. Okay. And then on Instagram, it's at Brent Michaels Radio because somebody has Brent Michaels. They don't even use it. But That's like at Bobby Bones on both of them. The same guy. Hey, there's there he is. Uh, okay. Listen, I, thanks for the talk. I appreciate you coming by. And thanks for having me. Giving us a little feedback behind the scenes, what happens. I, our, my listeners, especially on this podcast, like to know, you know, what's like a song meeting? Like, what's that? You guys get in a room and go, what do we like? What's the research say? And you look at other things, not just research that listeners do, but also what they're doing, not just what they're saying, but what they're doing. And I like that. And I think it's cool that, because people go, why didn't this song get played? This song from Blake Shelton's the best song. Why aren't you playing that? Well, it's because it's not a single, but it's because the record label's not promoting it. They don't want right. it played. They right. they, they, Blake would probably like all the songs played, but the record label focuses on one song because they know they have a shot to get everybody to pay attention to one song better than they do everybody to pay attention to 11 songs. And, and I think it makes for a concert experience. Now you can go and, and you know a specific song versus, you know, everybody knows a couple, but they don't know them all. And I think that's part of the reason they do it too. There he is, a lesson in radio. <laughs> I don't have the patience to do any of that. I wouldn't sit and t- do sales and pr- I don't have the, pr- I would be like, you know what? Screw it. We're playing classic rock today. Classic rock. Because I know all those free bird all day. Uh, Brent Michaels, good to see you, bud. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tacovas dot com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.